0: Praise the Lord, God is good. Amen. All right, now let's get to the word here. Amen. How many came to receive? All three of you. Wow. Let's try that one more time. How many came to receive today? All right, all right. Praise the Lord. A little better. All right. Let's uh, let's go to our opening verse, um, John ten ten. Please. We have been working on. Um, it never started out that way. It never ever seems to. But we kind of turned it into a series and uh, uh, talking about, you know, walking in the life of God, operating in the life of God, living in the life of God, however you want to word it, um, and it um, says here, this is Jesus talking in John 10, he says the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. How many know we got have an enemy? How many know we have an enemy? Yes. We have an enemy, and uh, uh, the devil's bad all the time. Amen. God is good. All the time. We've been establishing that. So he says the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life, amen, zoe life, that word there is, and that they may have it, what, more abundantly, praise God, an abundant life, amen, praise God. Now, uh, Jesus called it an abundant life. Paul called it the life of God, amen. So the word zoe, uh, Z-O-E, zoe, which is the Greek word for this word here, life, uh, means absolute life or pure life, all right, which means absent from darkness, the curse, or death. Are you still with me? Absolute life, amen. Let's look at a couple different translations on this one here. Let's look at, uh, is it the message? It said, I came, this is the tail end of it, I came so they can have a real and eternal life. I love that, real life, amen, eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. How many of that's for you to have? That's weak. How many know that's for you to have? Amen. There's a life for you to to experience. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, the way that we experience that, amen, there's multiple ways. Uh, One of those ways was receiving what he's offering. Come on. And you have to resist your enemy in order to receive it. Come on. Now, how many know the Lord, those are two things the Lord doesn't do for you? He won't receive for you and he won't resist for you. That's your place. Right? If you receive, amen, you can have. If you resist, he'll flee. I'm talking about the enemy. Amen. If you resist your enemy, he'll flee. But now listen, if you're not receiving, it's not happening. And if you're not resisting your enemy, he's not fleeing. I got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. What's the deal? Come on now, right? See, we have, to, we have a part to play in here. But Jesus said, I've offered it to you. Amen. Now, a real and eternal life. The word eternal life, again, I have to define that every time I do. Uh, Kind of the teacher in me kind of has to do that, so bear with me. But uh, eternal life, again, just means perpetual. Okay. So a lot of times when the Scriptures are talking about eternal life, everlasting life, Okay. uh, most people's minds run to someday when they get to heaven. That's most people's minds. They run there. They think, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to experience eternal life. No, you're already experiencing eternal life, or you already have it available unto you, I should say. Still with me? Because Jesus brought it made it real clear. He said, this is eternal life, is knowing the only true God and the one in whom he sent. Amen. And so when you meet Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you started a thing called perpetual life, eternal life, or everlasting life. Amen. Now, there ain't no doubt that when you get to heaven, there's absolutely no curse anywhere to be found. Right. Come on, we know that, all right? We know that, uh, you know, but the word also is real clear. He said to pray that his, or that, that his will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Amen. And even brought out in the Old Covenant that to pray for days like heaven on earth. Praise God. So obviously, this is available for you and me. So, the only way for that to happen, or I should say, one of the only ways for that to happen, is we're going to have to receive what's been offered and we're going to have to resist the enemy because he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Why? To knock you off the life that you're called to, to somehow take away what's already been given unto you. Amen. That's what a thief does, and Jesus makes that clear. How many know that the, uh, Jesus has made a pretty good, uh, you know, through the Scriptures we see, uh, especially through the Gospels, uh, we see where, uh, you know, He makes it pretty clear we have an enemy. You know, uh, you know a lot of the Old Covenant, you can, you can almost say like 99.9% of, of uh, uh, God's people didn't even have a clue they had an enemy. They thought everything that happened was happening by God. Jesus comes along and makes it clear, we have an enemy. He hides around, he sneaks around, he's, he manipulates and deceives and accuses and does all those things. Why? To somehow knock you off the life that you're called to. Are you still with me? So we've been really kind of zeroing in on this and, and dealing with this. We spent several weeks uh, talking about uh, you know, how to resist the enemy. We probably took, I think, about six weeks just dealt with that. We didn't by any means cover all the bases, but we, we, we had a pretty good, pretty good handle on it. Dealt with a lot of different things. Last week, began to talk some more about this, uh, about grabbing hold of this life, and we started talking about where you set your mind. Amen. How many know that's important, where you set your mind? And what we're going to do today, we're going to go back And we're going to go back through some of the things I talked about last week, because last week, I don't know if you noticed, for those that were here, I was kind of all over the map. I felt like we got got things handled, we were supposed to, but my notes just kind of went out the window. So the Spirit of God, you know, kind of instructed me. We're going back over some of those things. We're going to to grab hold of some of the things that we kind of went by last week and didn't cover, amen, and we're going to take a a deeper look at it. Sound good? All right, so we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, please. Look at your neighbor and say, Romans is good. And Romans 8 is even better. I love Romans 8. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 8. Let me get there. And we're going to go to verse 5 of Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 5. Let me go ahead and read through some of this, um, and then we'll come back up here. Uh, verse, verse 5, again, we're kind of diving into the middle here a little bit, but it, we get kind of the gist of what we're dealing with here. Verse 5, for those who live or conduct life, okay, this is, this is zeo, this word here, just means conducting life, it talks about actions and behavior. Okay, those who live according to the flesh or to the natural, uh, carnal, natural thinking or, or living, Why why do they live that way? Because they've set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, the word set, uh, real quick, the word uh, as a set mind means to aim the affection or the attention toward. Literally means to exercise, entertain, or to interest the mind. You'll also see uh, the word mindful. Sometimes the same Greek word phronio that's in this, uh, this word here. Is sometimes even listed as as mindful. So in other words, where your mind is, where you've set your mind, where you've, uh, you've anchored your mind, what you're locked on, where you're giving your attention to, all right? So we live according to the flesh. Why? Because we've set our minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, we've set our minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, naturally minded, death. It speaks of ruin, decay, uh, you know, destruction. Uh, so that's nowhere, no one wants to go down that road. Do I have any agreement in the house today? Yes. So in other words, to be carnally minded takes you down a road. Well, that, it ends up in this thing called death, ruin or destruction. But to be spiritually minded means life, that word life, zoe, okay, and peace, arena, uh, Uh, Or or Rene. That's I think it's I think it's how it's pronounced. It looks like uh, um, well it looks like a name, but it's it's uh, uh, Rene. I believe the the Hebrew word for that is Shalom. Means the same thing, but the Hebrew word for it is Shalom. Okay. So uh, anyway, life and peace. In other words, how many want to go down that road? Oh wait. Now if you want to go down that road, you're going to have to set your mind on on some things of the spirit in order to go down that road. If you set your mind on other things, it's going to end up somewhere you don't want to go. Come on now. You ever been on a road you don't want to be on? Uh, Not even just naturally speaking. I mean, have you ever been on a road even spiritually speaking? You're going all in the next thing you know, you kind of wake up. and Well, how the heck did I get here? Right. How did this happen? Right. We've all been there. We've all seen that kind of thing happen okay it goes on to say here in verse uh, uh, 7 because the carnal mind or naturally minded uh, okay is enmity against god in other words it wars against god that word enmity means to fight against or to war against okay so just being a carnal mind just setting your mind on carnal things natural things it it, all, it automatically goes to war against god and it says for it is not subject all right yielded to uh, that word i believe uh, also Let's see if I've got it. It means reflexive or reflective to obey. In other words, it's not, it's not subject. It won't yield to God, all right? For it is not subject to the law of God or the principles of God, nor indeed can be. That's pretty, that's pretty uh, uh, when you stop and you think about that, that's a pretty big statement. So when, you, when your mind is uh, set on carnal things, natural things, uh, Colossians brings it out, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, come on now, because when you set your mind down here, then what happens is God's trying to do something, and and you're warring against Him. And the whole time, God says, "Set your mind up here." Somebody said, "Well, well, Pastor, how can you set your mind up here when you got you know you got jobs and you got family and you got things and you got stuff going on and you got I mean we got man we got to pay the bills and man we got we got kids acting up and we got kids over here and some in school and some in college we got all this stuff going on. What do you mean? See, see how worked up you are? That's what I mean. We set our mind on things above. You'll be amazed how God will walk you through everything else. Amen. But when we set our mind down here, pretty soon what's happening is you're trying to handle it yourself. And all you do is get overwhelmed and overworked. Come on, somebody. And stressed out. Look at your neighbor and say, that better not be you. You ever been stressed out? Now you're lying. Ever been stressed out? Nobody wants to be stressed out. Nobody wants to be around anybody that's stressed out. (laughs) That's a fact. All right, let's go back up here. Verse 5, all right. All right. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Okay? Okay. That means, uh, uh, you know, natural things, okay? So now the according to the flesh, okay, uh, mean, literally means human nature, okay? That's one of its definitions, human nature. Now listen, not just in moral depravity, corruptness, and immorality. So in other words, a lot of times when we hear the word, you know, set your mind on things of the flesh, most people's minds go, well, that's not me because I'm not thinking immoral, you know. Uh, I'm not thinking about, you know, doing something I shouldn't do. So, you know, so because I'm not doing that, I'm not thinking, my mind's not on, on the flesh. And uh, it, it it doesn't just mean that. Now, it can lead to that, obviously, if, you, you know, the next verse brings that out. But it's not where, that's not what it's referring to. It's referring to the tendencies to lean on your own strength. The tendencies to lean on your own ability and power. See? So when you are setting your mind on, on things, uh, you know, according to the flesh, according to the natural, as, 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 as Paul brought out in, in, in to the church at Colossae, on things of this earth, when you set your mind on things of this earth, what happens is when you set your mind there now, you have a tendency now to try to fix everything, take care of everything, handle everything, make sure you got this handled, that handled, this handled, and pretty soon you're overwhelmed and overworked. It was never designed to operate that way. You have all these things to take care of. Nobody's denying what you have on your plate. Nobody's denying what what you're up against and what you have, you know, dealing with at home or the household or your finance or or whatever it is that you're, you're dealing with, your health, whatever it may be that you're dealing with. Nobody's denying what's going on. But what we are is denying its right to dictate your life. And so when we set our mind on things above, we're looking now, we're setting our mind on the healer, the deliverer, the provider, the one that leads and guides, the one that protects, the one that takes care of these things, the one, praise God, hallelujah, that's already handled things and now just wants to lead you through things. Are you still with me? All right. So according to the flesh, is dealing with human nature in a sense. It's dealing with trying to handle things in your own strength and your own ability. Now I put uh, Zechariah uh, four six. If you put that up there, Amen. Um, there's a you know a thing that's going on here. Zerubbabel is uh, is the governor of uh, Judah, and uh, Zerubbabel was given the task to uh, Repair or rebuild the house of God. It was a pretty big task, but uh, God gave it, put it on His plate to take care of that, to deal with that. Well, what happened was, um, Zerubbabel. Um, got, to, you know, got to, you know, got to looking at all that was needing to be done and, and, and the expense and, and all that needs to happen and the task and, and trying to work with the people to get this done and that done and trying to make sure you got this covered and that covered just to try to get this whole thing done to the point that because his mind was set down here on the task at hand, hello, he got overwhelmed. And what he did then is he stopped doing it because he just got to thinking, I, I, I can't do this. Nobody can do this. And he just kind of, you know, it started, you know, pretty soon it's, it's on the back burner. We'll get to it when we get to it. And pretty soon it kind of went out the door. And pretty soon, you know, a year's gone by and another year's gone by. And it ain't been done. God didn't pull out, pull away from the calling in his life. God says, you're the man who's called to do it. But he said, I never called you to do it in your strength. It's not by might nor by power. In other words, it's not by your might. It's not by your abilities, your power. It ain't by yours. It's by my spirit. I've asked you to do something, and I'm called. I'm here to help you through it. Amen. I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm there to help you through it, and I will lead you, guide you, and strengthen you as you move forward. Still with me? All right? All right. Now, if you go back to Romans 8 and verse 5 again, it says this, For those who live according to the flesh, they've set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit What have they done? They've set their mind on the, that's the implication here, they set their minds on the things of the spirit. So according to the flesh is dealing with human nature, but according to the spirit is spirit nature. In other words, it's his strength, his power, his ability. It's his grace. Right? Now, I'm not going to get into all this, but I'll just say this. Grace, again, is defined, Okay, because a lot of times there's a misunderstanding about grace. Grace is defined as, uh, it is an influence, it's, it's divine influence, God influence, come on, God influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That's what grace is. That's how it's defined. It's a gift, come on, come on, yes. right? It's a favor. The Scripture also, you know, defines it as that. But its, it's real definition is a divine influence upon the heart or the core or the center of an individual. In other words, it's God influencing an individual, and then what's been influenced then reflects in your life. Still with me? That's grace. That's what grace is. All right? Grace isn't getting away with something you shouldn't do a lot of misconstrued ideas about grace. Grace is a is an is an empowerment. It's a strength or the hand of God working on your behalf that then begins or that begins to influence you, your core, your center so it can be reflected. Now, grace you ain't gonna see any grace if you don't keep your attention on the one that gives the grace. You know, it's hard to get divine influence without hanging out with Mr. Divine. There's only one way to influence, really. I mean, in a sense, I mean somehow or another, if 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 uh, you know, you guys have allowed me to to pastor you, and uh the idea is, see it's all about influence. That's what it's about. Uh you come here, in, in hope that I can, you know, through uh, the gift, through uh, the, the teaching, the insights, the understanding, the revelation uh, that, that I have gained through being influenced by Him, I come and then speak to you, which then influences you. Now, the only way you can ever be influenced by another human being is somewhere along the line you're going to have to either hang out with them, listen to them, or, or watch them, or somehow, some, I mean, if you, there's no connection, they ain't influencing you unless you're there somehow connecting with them. That's true influence. Now, we understand through you know, through a channel, of this person was, this person was, they influenced, they influenced, we get that, but the bottom line is somewhere along the line, if you want to be influenced You're going to have to spend time with the influencer. Am I here? Are you hearing me? So you have to see that when we're talking about uh, setting your mind on things above. What you're doing every time you do that, you're setting your attention up here so that he now has a place and men to somehow influence, imprint, empower you so you can do this. But if you're not spending, if your time, if your attention is always on natural things, then what what out there is influencing you? See, there's a war going on in your mind on who's going to win, you know, in the the attention battle. Who's going to, who has your attention? Because chances are that's, now listen, you got to hear this, because who has your attention is probably the one influencing you. And then it determines something. It says you actually live your life based on who is influencing you. Where do you give your attention? Where you set your mind now is influencing to the place that now that's how you're conducting life. That's how you're living life now. Verse uh, verse six, please put that up there. For to be carnally minded then is death. That's where it's headed. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, as we brought out last week, um, you know, it's like getting on a road. When you you are being influenced uh, according to the Spirit, okay, now you've got on a road called life and peace. So where you're headed is toward life and peace. Amen. Remember, we're talking about, uh, you know, grabbing hold of that life you're called to. Well, this has got to be one of it. This has got to be part of it if you're not going to set your mind on the things above and allow Him opportunity to influence and empower you, come on, it's kind of hard to get on the right road. I'm going to throw a statement at you. It's one I've made before, uh, but I'm going to give it to you again. Um, and just talking about, you know, really the power of words. But you never, everybody say never. never. You never live beyond your most predominant thoughts. It won't happen. If your mind's down here all the time, that's where you live. If you'll put your mind up here and you start gaining thought, I mean, you start aiming your thoughts up here, guess what? That's where you live. Now, the biggest thing, that I, the best way I can bring it out is what we've been uh, talking about a little bit last week. We've talked about it many times from behind this pulpit, but there's two realms, and you got to decide which realm you want to walk in. There's the realm of possibilities and the realm of limits. And you got to decide what you want to live. On this earth, you're surrounded by limits. Everything limits you. It's a realm of limits. And no matter how you look at it, you can only go so far, you can only only be this, you can only do that. It just limits you, puts you right here. And the whole time you're called to higher things, bigger things. You set your mind up there, you tap into a realm of possibility. All things are possible. But if we're going to be living down here, because we're setting our mind down here, this is where you go. So we don't live a life any different than the world does. Majority of the Christians, and listen, I'm not bad-mouthing, it's just a fact. The majority of believers live like the world. And they may love God. I'm not taking away their salvation. Someday they're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. They got fire insurance. Hallelujah. But because they live right here, because they set their mind right here all the time, they live no different than the world. Except maybe you do something different on Sunday. Watch football. No, no, no. (laughs) Are you still with me? You have to decide what you want to live. What road you want to get on? Now, uh, so let's do this. Let's go to Colossians. I think we touched on this a little bit last week. Of course, we're Diving into some things a little different here. Paul called it the law of the mind in Romans 7. But in other words, attention determines direction. Uh, Solomon brought out in Proverbs, um, as a man thinks, so he is, so he becomes. It means so he exists. In other words, so he conducts life. As he thinks, that's where he goes. That's where he lives. Okay. Now, Paul talking to the church at Colossae in chapter three, let's read that, verse one and two it says, if then you were raised with Christ, you know still he has to kind of instruct us to do this. If then you were raised with Christ, in other words, you're already saved. I know you're saved. I know you've, I know you've accepted him as Lord. Anybody here accept the Lord? So then according to this is you've been raised with him, right? Scriptures are pretty clear about that. We can go to multiple uh, of the epistles here and look at the, how the Word says you've been raised together with Him. Amen. So we, we know because we've made Jesus Lord of our life, we've been raised together. But it says then you've got to do something. You've got to seek those things which are above. You have, to, you have to be in seek mode, you know, to, to set, you know, you've got to set your mind on things above. Amen. If you're going to receive something, you've you got to set your mind up here. All right. So you've got to live different than the normal person out there who don't know Christ. They're not putting their mind on things above. They're putting their mind on, you know, they got to go to work on Monday. It's Miserable Monday, and, and then it's Taco Tuesday, and then, and then they got to, you know, then it's like hump day, hump day, hump day, you know. Mike, bike, 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 bike. <laughs> That's one of my favorite commercials. <laughs> guess what it is, guess what it is, hump day, hey. All right. A lot of people that say, woo, we made it to hump day. Praise the Lord. Then it's Thursday. And then Friday, woo. Well, it should be Monday, woo. Sunday, woo. Somebody said, "Eh, not, not in our world. Listen, this is what we're talking about. Are you still with me? This is what we're talking about. So you seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting right now at the right hand of God. There's higher things. Everybody say higher things, right? Set your mind on things above, right? So what does that mean? Well, it means upward, things on the top, higher thoughts, spirit things, God things, God thoughts. All right. This is all important here. All right. So then you have to say, okay, now who's winning in the war in our mind? The fight for our attention. Who's winning? Am I, am I setting my mind on higher things or am I setting my mind on these natural things? Now, here it says, and not on things on the earth. And again, we go through this and people go, Pastor, I mean, good night. I mean, we're, we're going to think up here, okay? We're going to be real spiritual. No, he didn't ask you to be weird. He just says, set your mind on higher things. So you're dealing right now with a natural thing of, let's say, provision, for instance. You're, you're in need. Something, something needs to happen in an area of provision. Well, then what you have to do is not sit down here and meditate on how you're going to fix that. How are we going to make this better? How, how do I maneuver this and manipulate that and maneuver this to bring that, to, try to turn this, to bring this, to bring that? Instead, why don't you start setting your mind on the one who provides? Say, well, is he going to bring it in? Well, why don't you go talk to him and find out? Because it could be he may lead you in something, right? I mean, the, when you talk about according to the Spirit, Amen. Well, if you're going to live according to the Spirit, you've got to set your mind On the things of the spirit. See, what I'm doing? I'm gonna set my mind up here. I mean, on the one uh, that empowers, the one that breathes into me, the one that shows me things, the one that directs me, the one that empowers me. As I put my attention on Him, now all of a sudden He's beginning to show me how to walk this thing. What happened? I got on the right road. Sometimes we just got to get on the right road. Sometimes you've just been on the wrong road, man. Get off that road. What do I do? Take a detour. Years ago, we had a deal in L.A., and a bunch of us all came in, and we were going to some meetings there in L.A., and, and a bunch of us came in, John Wayne, and a bunch came in in LAX. And, and uh, so we all came in in John Wayne, and because and, uh, if there's an airport to come in, it's got to be John Wayne. Anyway. Okay, so we came in John Wayne, and, uh, and uh, so we had to, you know, get the rental and all that kind of stuff. And then we had to go pick up the people that were coming in at LAX. And I don't know if you've ever been from John Wayne to LAX. It's a little jaunt. And uh, we, uh, back then, did not have GPS. We didn't have Siri, whatever her name is. We didn't have uh, anything, you know, pop up on a screen. And we got lost in areas we shouldn't have been in. And we're heading, trying to find, and then finally we figured out, okay, you know, we're, we're not where we need to be. I can see planes coming and going, so surely the airport's got to be somewhere around here. So we're, we're just trying to maneuver... And then we got around this LAX and could not figure out how to get in to LAX. We went around the complete airport. I'm thinking, surely there's a road going into LAX. Thinking, what, you only can come in and out by plane? Well, anyway, the point was, The moral of the story was, I was on the wrong road, wasting my time. They're there waiting for us, and we're tootling around waving as we go by. (laughs) See, we're, we're still moving. We're still living. We're still conducting life in a way. It's just not as profitable. So God says, um, let's get you on the right road. So the only way we can do that, because remember, when you're down on the wrong road in your mind somewhere else, you're fighting against me. I'm trying to lead you, and you're fighting against me. I'm trying to guide you and direct you, and you ain't, you ain't responding to one thing I'm saying to you because you have not given me your attention. Does that ring a bell there? Uh-huh. You ever get, try to get a hold of something and they're trying to keep saying that until they look at you or until they somehow give you their attention, it. And we think God's just going to force his way into your life? Come on, if that was the case, we'd all be saved now. Everybody be serving God. We'd all be in heaven by now, uh, you know, saying, pass the taters at the Lamb's Supper of life. Come on, somebody. But that ain't happening. So not everybody's, and the Word says it's His will that none should perish, but all should come into the saving knowledge of Christ. And that, that hasn't happened yet. It's available. So what's the difference? Well, not everybody gives Him his att- uh, gives him attention. Nobody, Not everybody looks to Him. Are you still with me? You know how simple this is? Just to give God your attention? Somebody said, well, now wait a minute. No, no. It is a lot more... Uh, simple than you think it is because it's amazing when everything here is going on When you just stop for a second and just say, I'm going to acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, right, because pea brain gets us in trouble once in a while. Am I right? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways now as you're conducting life, in all your ways, your mode of operation, all your ways, you acknowledge Him. And what happens? Then He begins to direct your paths. That's the way it's worked from the beginning. Every time you let Him breathe into you, speak into you, lead you, guide you, you get on the right road. Life works better when we're on the right road. Life's a lot more even simple. Amen. Doesn't mean you don't have uh, you know, things you got to deal with along the way. But life becomes a lot more simple. See, there's simplicity in Christ. And part of it was designed was what Christ did for you. Part of your redemption package was to make a way so that at any given time you could communicate to the, to the one who created it all. Somebody said, well, now I've blown it. No, no, no. Your redemption package made a way that even if you blew it this morning, you could look to Him and say, Lord, help! Amen. I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. <laughs> right? He made a way so that could happen. So you you never have a barrier between you and God except for you just not giving Him attention. You're the one that made that decision. So just to get your attention from, from the pressure here, elevate that thing. Set your mind on the one that heals, delivers, provides. Amen. Sets the captives free the one that leads and guides and protects and uh, preserves and that one there. I just set my mind up there and begin to acknowledge Him. And all of a sudden, I've now made a way for Him now to begin to lead and guide me. Now I can start doing this stuff here on planet Earth the way it should be done. Whew. You know, listen, one day we're going to meet the Master face-to-face. Oh, happy day, right? And um, I'm, I'm sure... Um, you know, it's, it's going to be more glorious than anything you ever ever experienced. We all believe that. We all agree f- with that. We all have different maybe ideas of what heaven will be um, to a degree. We might have a little shift here and there. And, and I don't know, maybe maybe God, maybe heaven in a sense is going to be, you know, a little bit different for each person because of where they're at. I, don't, I have no idea. We don't, we don't totally know. We just know there are certain things that are definitely established. And uh, we do know there's no enemy there. <laughs> That in itself is going to be amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's lit up just by, by His glory, not by any you know, natural sun, but by the glory of God just illuminates the whole place, and, and total life is flowing. I mean, if there's hunting, you get to hunt, and, and it drops, and it gets back up going, good shot here. I'm going to run over here. You try again because <laughs> nothing dies in heaven. Somebody says, now, wait a minute, preacher, I don't think, whatever. Get your own ideas. But anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff. And guess what? One of the things that's that's going to be definite is it's simple. It's simple. See, every time we tap him, we tap simple because we've made all this Complicated, and my point is that one day you're going to meet him face to face, and you're going to find out how simple it really could have been. Now, there's, you know, the word's clear. There's no going to be no tears, so there's probably no depression, sorrow. I-, I-, I wonder though, maybe there might be a moment of regret where you think, uh, mm, for thirty years I could have. Mm. I don't know. You're not crying at least. I don't know. But I just wonder, you know. But I do know you're going to find out because by Scripture it says this. We're going to say, this is what's going to be said. Talking about the enemy. He's the one. He's the one that deceived the nations. He's the one that held me in bondage and fear. He's the one. Are you kidding me? He's going to go, simple. He had no authority over you, and you allowed him authority by setting your mind on the wrong thing. Come on, all right? You know, they talk about you make an anthill, uh, you know, a mountain, or make a mountain out of? Oh, no. Mole hill, mole hill, not anthill. hill. <laughs> <laughs> Well, y'all knew it. (laughs) Well, how do you make a mountain out of a molehill? What's the implication? You sit and stare at that molehill long enough. It looks like a mountain now. And it wasn't a mountain. It's a molehill. Are you with me? So what's going to happen when you get to heaven? You're going to go, It's a molehill. What? Yeah, it was a molehill. And you let it get the best of you, and you turned it into a mountain. And then instead of telling that little booger to go and jump in the lake, you said, let me give you guided mountain tours. (laughs) Because that thing became so huge to you. It's your life now, and that's where you're locked on. but you put your attention where it should be, you know that molehill will actually look like a molehill. And you'll treat it just just the same. All right, let's see here because we're out of time. Let's do let's do let's do let's do let's do that. Let's do that. Psalms 1. Let's do Psalms 1. We're jumping all the way down to the bottom of the page. Again, Psalms one. We all know this psalm, right? Blessed or empowered is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, um, real quick, the word ungodly—you might even see your cross reference might say the the of the wicked. Some of you might have that as a cross reference, but it just means those actively in and out. So. The word wicked actually could, even, could be referring to even another believer. Say, oh, no, yeah, yeah, it could, Because it's talking about somebody that's in and out, up and down. They're not always spot on. They're kind of, you know, they're up and down with their beliefs and their convictions and different things like that. Um, the word uh, wicked comes from or is actually part of the root word. It's used for the word wicker, furniture. Some of you have heard me say that before. That word wicker furniture comes out of that because it's it's up, down, it's weaved, it's in, it's out, it's up, it's down. And so it's talking about an individual. Don't just, uh, you know, you just don't let anybody speak into you, right? Blessed or empowered, amen, ones that excel are those who what walk not in the counsel of those that are up and down. It's like you know, somebody that, that can't keep their own marriage square trying to counsel you how to do your marriage. It's kind of silly. But it happens all the time, so we let somebody else try to influence us that shouldn't be influencing us, and there's no condemnation either way on that by whoever, whatever you've been through. But the point is this. You've got to guard. You can't just let anybody speak into you. Do I need to go into that as a sermon here? You all get that? All right, so you got to guard where you walk, amen. Because of who wants to speak in you? There's two voices. There's two ways. There's two counselors, so to speak, and you got to decide who's going to do it. Nor stand. Okay, now you got to watch where you walk. You got to watch where you stand. Stand. Nor stand in the path of sinners. Now this one here just means literally one, uh, a true guilty offender. So we're talking about somebody that day just live this way. That's who they are. Okay, that's so you got to you can't just stand anywhere. All right. Nor sit. So, you got to watch where you walk, where you stand, where you sit. Why? Because that stuff will take your attention. And pretty soon you got the wrong influences. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. The word scornful here means a mocker, it uh, means even, even deals with sarcasm in the sense of disrespect, okay? A false interpreter, okay? So, it's talking about people that, that, that mock what you stand for and what you believe. So you got to guard what? Where you walk, where you stand, and where you sit. Are you with me? All right. But, in other words, if you're going to be a blessed individual, you're going to have to guard where you walk, where you stand, where you sit. But his delight, in other words, a blessed man's delight Is going to be in the law of the Lord or the principles or the ways of God, right? And in his law, his uh, uh, principles, his ways, he meditates day and night. His word, we could say, his word is part of his principles, part of his ways. So that's part of it. Come on, right? So what happens then when you do that? Now we're talking about being a blessed man. So now a blessed man is going to only be a blessed man if he guards where he puts his attention. Are you with me? It determines where you put your attention. Because you're not going to let just any uh, person that's going to feed into you something. And then all of a sudden you're going to end up on the right road. Now, if it's somebody influencing you right, hallelujah. But we're talking you still have to guard what's feeding you. What happens to the blessed man then? That it's being influenced right. It says he shall be like a tree planted. Come on. A tree planted planted by the rivers of water. So being planted, and literally it spells of being rooted right. Okay, and of course by the rivers. Well, why is, why is that? Well, that means an ongoing feeding going on. So a person that's letting God influence them, amen, is going to plant themselves right. Come on, somebody. It's going to begin to be rooted right because they're feeding on what's right. Still with me? Planted by the rivers of water. And then it says that brings forth its fruit in its season. In other words, it's barren fruit. It's fruitful. It's productive. Amen. It's bringing forth fruit in its right season. It's doing what it should be doing. And it says whose leaf also shall not wither. All right. Now this this word here uh, is referring to being healthy. Okay. Something healthy. All right, it's not withering, but the leaf is healthy and happy. All right, it also refers to medicinal. So, um, in fact, you'll see it in uh, Ezekiel 47 when he's talking about uh, the leaves are for, for medicine or, or for uh, a medicinal purpose. Amen. So he's talking about here, not only are you going to be fruitful and productive, but you're going to be healthy and you're going to be a blessing to those around you. Healthy. Amen. And you're going to be, in a sense, medicinal. You're going to be able to help another, praise God. And and then it goes, and whatever. Now, I like that. Everybody likes this part. And whatever he does shall prosper, shall succeed. It means to succeed in reaching, as we saw that earlier, it means favorable outcome. Now, how many know it's better to be blessed? Now, I'd rather be the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit when it's supposed to. It looks healthy. Come on. It's helpful, and it prospers and succeeds at everything it does. How many want to be on that one? See, that's being on the right road. Well, how do you get on the right road? You're going to have to give your attention to the right things. You're going to have to... Guard where you you stand, where you walk, where you sit. You're going to have to, amen, not just let anything influence. You're going to have to learn that even though there's all this stuff going on around, you learn how to set your mind on things above. And when you do, amen, it leads toward life and peace. Hallelujah. The word peace again, wholeness. Everything's complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything working like it should. Well, how do you get that? By setting your mind on things above, things of the Spirit. Did you get some today? Yes. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Are you getting something out of this? I think one of the biggest things that I touched on a minute ago is that it's, it's not complicated. It's not, we're, not, we're not asking you to memorize the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. But how many know it's not, it's not about I've got to memorize all this before I can? No, no, how about just start setting your mind up? You might be amazed by when everything's going on, all you do is you look to the Lord and just say, Lord, I acknowledge you. I just want to tell you I love you. I going to tell you, thank you for leading me, guiding me. I know all this is going on, but lo- you have a way of walking me through this. I just look to you. And that took, what, all of about 15 seconds. what did you do? You just acknowledged him in all your ways. You got all this going on, and what you did in the midst of all this, you, you brought your attention up here, acknowledged him, given him opportunity then to walk you through it, lead you, guide you, direct you. Come on, somebody. Breathe into you. Amen. And, and as that happens, all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden you got, you know what you got to do. And you know what you need to do. You, 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 all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden, I know not to be worked up about this. I don't need to be all stressed out about this. Spirit of God walks you through that thing. Next thing you know, life gets a little easier, a little easier. Praise God. I shouldn't say simpler. Amen, probably a better word. It's a little more simple. And that's the way He designed it. And pretty soon, you know, you're not looking like the Christian that got baptized in lemon juice. You're now that believer that actually enjoys this life we're called to. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again for Your Word, for these principles we've learned today. Thank You for a people that set their mind on things above. Thank you, Lord God, for a people, Lord God, that look to you to influence them, amen, to empower them, hallelujah. And we give you praise and glory, Lord, that as they do that, you are showing yourself strong on their behalf. Father, once again, thank you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and Lord, for all you're about to do on behalf of this people. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message.